This is Pastor Chris Simak from the Potter's House Eastside. This sermon was recorded on the 9th of May, 2021, on Sunday night. Uh, this sermon was called The Pearl of Great Price. Would you turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 13, verse 45? Matthew chapter 13, verse 45. Uh, we've just had our Australasian conference over in Perth. Started Monday last week, Friday it ended. Uh, we prayed for the churches that were planted out of there. 17 sermons over the week. Uh, so I am significantly filled to the brim uh, and ready to pour out some of the fire uh, here tonight. Hallelujah. In 1905, in 1905 in Salt Lake City, Utah, there was a baseball game. Uh, there was a, a batter that was at the pitch, and as he swung and hit the ball, he hit the ball and it went directly to first base. At first base, there was this guy called William Griffiths. William Griffiths was there as the ball is coming to him. He's there to pick it up, and just as it's rolling to him, it hits a rock and flicks up in the air and falls straight into his mitt. William Griffiths, not thinking much about it, thought, you know what, that was a bit strange. Uh, let me go pick up that rock and throw it away. And as he bent down to pick up the rock, there was gold flecks in the rock. It's 1905. He's thinking, you know what? Let me put that away for later. I don't know what that means. He continued playing the game. After the game finished, that night, he went back to the, to the stadium with a lantern, 1905, hallelujah. Today we take our iPhone torches, uh, but went back to the stadium with a lantern and he got on his hands and knees, started digging around in the dirt and found a bunch of other rocks there around first base. He put them in his pocket, collected them. The next day he went and got them tested and found that there was $900 worth of gold inside these rocks and in these flecks. Now, I know for all you rich people that $900, that doesn't seem that much. In 1905, it seemed an even bigger amount. $900 worth of gold. William Griffiths, who was a professional baseball player, convinced two other friends of his and said, you know what, we need to put all our money together, this $900, and they bought the stadium. They bought the stadium, turned it into a gold mine, and they called the gold mine first base. In the very first mine that they dug, they only dug 33 feet, and they hit gold ore, and it made them multi, multi-millionaires. Their lives were changed forever, because of what William Griffiths saw. Now, the reason I start with that story is because William Griffiths became a very wealthy man simply because he saw something of value. He saw something of value and he was willing to pay the price. The scripture that we're going to read here tonight also tells about a merchant. He sells pearls and he's looking for a pearl of all pearls. When he finds this priceless pearl, he sells everything to obtain it. 
Jesus says, this is a picture of the kingdom of God. This is what every Christian needs to do. That when we find the pearl of great price, we need to sell everything we can and give our all to obtain it. Let's read together. I want to preach a sermon. Firstly, Karen's waiting there. She's watching me. She's like, when do I press the slide here? Uh, I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, The Pearl of Great Price. Well done, Karen. Give her a round of applause. Look at her. She's... There you go. There you go. That's all the appreciation you're ever going to get. Well, with that. <laughs> no, she's incredible and I would be nothing. She could turn the mic off right now. <laughs> the pearl of great price. Hallelujah. Let's read together Matthew chapter 13, verse 45. This is the words of Jesus. And he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it. Let me look firstly with you then at the pursuit. This is one of my favorite parables of Jesus. Often Jesus is trying to explain to the slower people like me and you, or maybe just me, uh, trying to explain to us what the kingdom of heaven is like. What is this Christian life all about? And Jesus uses a number of different pictures uh, to try and explain the kingdom of heaven. This is one of the shorter parables. And Jesus uses this idea that the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl, a priceless pearl that you would sell everything you have to obtain it. Let's look firstly then at the pursuit. Here it talks about a merchant. A merchant is somebody who buys and sells things. Back in the day, this would have been a very common term. This would have been somebody, you don't have your local countdown. You don't have your local dairy. You don't have, the, but if you want to buy something, you get it off a merchant. This is somebody who is buying certain things and trading them for other things. I might buy that uh, warm jacket off Karen because I'm cold uh, and I might buy it off her and I'll trade her for something. And back then there was no currency. There was no New Zealand dollar. This is how it worked. It was a barter system. I'll give you something and we exchange together. And keep that idea in your mind because the idea of an exchange is very key in the kingdom of God. Our merchant here concentrated his search to pearls. He wanted pearls. Now, again, I don't know about you, but uh, there's a lot of pearls. Ladies seem to go crazy over pearls. Uh, but there's a lot of pearls around today. Uh, but most of the pearls that you see today are cultured or manufactured. They're man-made or they've been intervened by men. The way that a pearl is created is you have a mollusk. It could be a clam. It could be an abalone uh, or something like that. And they have a piece of sand or something that gets caught inside. And the mollusk has a defense mechanism. And that is if a little bit of sand gets inside, it's annoying it. It will cover it in this thing called nacre. And then it will cover it again and cover it again until the irritation 
becomes this beautiful thing, which is another sermon in itself, but we're not going there today. But the irritation becomes something that is valuable. Today, uh, ever since the 1960s, really, all pearls that you know have been had some kind of man-made influence. They inject the little irritation into the mollusk, so then it will create a beautiful pearl. But back then, these were extremely rare, extremely valuable, and extremely rare. They were so rare that it makes sense that Jesus would say, you know what, the kingdom of heaven This thing that they were trying to understand. The kingdom of heaven is like this pearl. I don't even know if the people that he was talking to had ever seen a real pearl before. Because they were so rare, all in their minds, they saw it as the most valuable thing that you could buy with money. It was like a priceless pearl. And that's a nice story. And thank you, Jesus, for telling us about the pearl and the mollusk and all of those kinds of things. Uh, But Jesus isn't teaching us about seafood. What Jesus is teaching us is that we are all merchants. All of us are merchants. The truth is that every person is trading for things that they value in life. You don't believe me? We all trade. We trade things that are valuable. Some people trade in possessions. But other things that are valuable, some people trade in relationships. They put all of their hope and their value in one relationship. And when that relationship fails, I quickly need to go and find myself another man. Uh, I need to trade myself for another relationship. Because that's where the value is. I'm not finding myself another man, by the way, in case for the recording. Thank you. Okay, just thought I'd clarify that one there. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. They might trade a different career, something that they think is valuable, a different achievement. Have you seen what I've done? Because they think it's valuable. And the truth is that most of us go through life searching for things of value. Most of us go through life searching for things that are all valuable. But how many know that most of us have things that maybe even now in your house that at one time we thought were valuable <laughs> and now are not so much. We have whole garages. I know because I've helped some of you move. We have whole garages full. Full. I'm talking full. I'm talking it took longer to move the garage than it did to move the house. Whole garage is full of things that you thought were valuable. And when I helped you move, you still thought were valuable. But you were the only one uh, that thought were valuable and are no longer valuable. Some of us have wardrobes. Uh-oh. Wardrobes full of things that, are value- that you think are valuable. Stupid collections. Sentimental junk. When we moved here from New Zealand... Uh, it was a fantastic therapeutic experience for me because unfortunately I have a problem. I am a hoarder. I keep a lot of sentimental junk. And when we moved here to New Zealand, they said, you know what? For your family, you get one box. You put your car in there, you put this in there and whatever fits in that box, 
that's what you take to New Zealand. And whatever doesn't fit in that box, sell it and get rid of it. I tell you, I had to get rid of a lot of sentimental junk. I had to go through and say, okay, what do I actually value out of the stuff that I have? You know, some of us, we keep things that are ridiculous. And do you remember our first date when we went on the roller coaster and I vomited all over that T-shirt? And here it is. And I still haven't washed it. I lie with it. It's just sentimental. We laugh, but many times there are people that are searching for something of value. And our text tells us that if you're searching for something of value, you're probably aiming too low. You're probably aiming for things that the world would call valuable. But what Jesus is saying here is the kingdom of heaven is more valuable than anything else that you can buy. Is more valuable than anything else that you can get. You can trade for different things. And look, when the world looks at you, they might even call you a success. But Jesus says, without the kingdom of heaven, you're just as poor as the next person. My mum has this saying. And uh, when, when I spoke to her today, she's, she, again, she's always crying. And she's like, I, Chris, I am so rich with your love. And that's good. And, I, and that keeps her warm at night because she's not rich with much else. Uh, but, but I am so rich with your love, Chris. And again, that is the point. Because in the world's standings, money-wise, different things, uh, she's not rolling in it. But in the kingdom of heaven, she is richer than most people. You see, this is a story here about a pearl that's priceless. There's something far more valuable than what you think. Here is the merchant. He's just trying to find any pearl. He's just trying to find anything of value, but he just doesn't find anything. He finds the thing. He finds the pearl, the pearl of great price. And this is a picture here of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is giving us this picture on what it's like to have a relationship with God. It's of incredible value. It's priceless. So let's look secondly then at the pearl. We looked at the pursuit. Let's look at the pearl. In verse 46, it says, When he had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold everything he had and bought it. Again, to give us a bit of a picture of what this would have been like back then. In ancient Egypt, which doesn't exactly match the time scales, but at least it's closer to biblical times than, than where we are now. But in ancient Egypt, there was a very famous queen called Cleopatra. You may have heard of her. And Cleopatra, the rumor had it that she had one famous pearl that was worth 25 million denarii. That was the currency back at the time. Today, that would be worth four billion, four billion. That's not million with an M, that's billion with a B. Four billion in today's money. In other words, priceless. Jesus says, 
priceless is the kingdom of heaven. So let's look at a couple things here that were the elements of the pearl that make this thing so priceless. Firstly, the first thing that is priceless about the pearl is salvation. Is salvation. Salvation is to be right with God through Jesus Christ and to have relationship with Him, to know that He is with you and that He's ready and that you are ready for eternity. Again, this is priceless. This is salvation. Notice I didn't say religion. Adding a cross to your jewelry. Coming to church, although I'm very happy that you're here. Hallelujah. But those things are not salvation. Salvation is being right with God through Jesus. This is salvation. And I'll tell you, when you get that revelation, right? When you get that understanding, it's not just joining a church It's not just uh, my mother's or my family's religion or my culture's religion. It's not just, but when you get the revelation, I tell you that there's something, but you say, I found it. I found it. You tell your family, you tell your friends, you go home and you tell people that even go to church every Sunday. We drove past today and everyone's dressed in white on the way back. And I feel like driving up and say, hey guys, I found it. Don't bash me, see ya. <laughs> Last night, Karen gave her testimony uh, at the concert. And again, I've heard the testimony many times. But the testimony could be summed up in these three words. I found it. I looked everywhere. And you, she's there talking to people. I could see you because she's getting a bit professional now. She looks at people in the eye. She's like, it's not in that, and it's not in that, and it's not in that, and you two there, mm-mm, it definitely ain't in that. Right? But I found it, right? Let me save you some time. I found it. I found the pearl. You see, the problem here is many, many Christians could even be here in our church. Many Christians, you come, you turn up, you love God, you love the people. Clap, you raise your hands. There's no revelation. There's no revelation of the pearl. And what happens is the kingdom of God has no value. We see people come in, we see people answer an altar call. And look, we celebrate every person that gets saved and answers an altar call. But unless they get the revelation, I've found that unless they get the revelation, they're not coming back. They're not going to last unless they get the revelation. When you call people up and they say, do I have to come to church to be a Christian? I'm like, oh man, you haven't found it yet. Like, I, I want to say that to them. As the pastor, I'm obviously very nice to them. Uh, but I want to say, you, you just don't get it. You, you haven't got it yet. You haven't got it. And broader than just salvation, all of the kingdom of God is like this. Let's look secondly then, salvation. What about souls? Souls, the Bible says, is something that is just so valuable to God. 
We know in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Again, this is the picture of the barter system, right? If somebody is selling a soul, what could possibly be traded for a soul? What could possibly be traded in exchange for that? In, in, in Jesus' mind, this is ridiculous. What else in the world? I mean, it might not even be evil. It might, not, it, it might just be a pastime or some leisure or something. But are you seriously trading that for this? It's too cheap. You're ripped off. God values the soul. He says it's eternal. It will never die. It will go on to eternity. God says that souls are precious. They're priceless because they're eternal. And right here in this verse, how foolish, how foolish it is to trade your soul for something that is only going to last a few minutes, a few months, a few years. Human souls are priceless. We know this because God paid everything to redeem them. It cost him something. In order for us to receive the pearl of great price, God paid the great price for us. We know of the effort that Jesus himself went to. When Jesus was on earth, he was a soul winner. When Jesus was on earth, we see uh, the New Testament church, they are soul winners. I tell you, we have to stop just going to outreach and we have to go and win some souls. Because if we go on outreach because I told you to on the calendar, again, I appreciate that and thank you. But we have to win some souls. This is life and death. Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. Jesus is walking and he says, I must go through Samaria. The disciples are there thinking, Samaria? We never go through Samaria. But he knew the woman at the well is going to be there. I must go there. We know that he leaves the 99 to save the one he put in effort for souls. The souls are precious. The other thing that is precious to God is the sending. The calling and the purpose is priceless. I would call it calling and purpose, but sending fits with all the S's. Hallelujah. Ascending. God has plans for our lives. This is the miracle of God that when I was saved as a 16-year-old, April 12, 2002, broken, shattered, addicted, uh, mentally messed up, the whole thing. God didn't just save me and leave me there. God said, you know what? I paid the price. I've saved you. Hallelujah. Uh, but I've got something for you to do. There's purpose to your life. You don't have to, like Karen testified last night, you don't have to search for the purpose and the value of life down that road, down that road, down that road. I've found it. There's purpose here. There's purpose. All of that and much more. Just like the merchant, we were looking for anything of value. Right? Again, Karen's the star of the sermon. Just like Karen testified last night. 
searched for here, here and there, looking for anything of value. And many of us, that's our same testimony. We search for anything of value and yet somehow God drew us not to anything but the thing. Just like the merchant, God, we were just looking. God, I really hope that uh, if I come to Christ, you can help me with this addiction. Or you can, uh, I don't know, God, like maybe if you could help my marriage a little bit. You know, God, if you can heal my broken heart, fill my loneliness. The miracle of God is that he did all of that for you. And then he gave you the pearl. He did all of that for you and much, much more. Now you have purpose, destiny, plans, dignity, identity, family. We're not victims, but victors. We're not living under the circumstances, but we can be conquerors. Uh, This is what people don't understand when they look from the outside and they think you're just a bunch of random crazies meeting on a rainy night on a Sunday night. I tell you, you're the crazies out there because in here we found it. In here we found it out there. You're just going through the same cycle week to week to week. The kingdom of heaven is like this. It's valuable. Finally, it's valuable in the sanctifying. Because again, Jesus just doesn't want to leave us here at salvation. He wants to develop us. He wants us to be more Christ-like. He wants us to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. I tell you, Christians that I've known that stopped here and they've been the same for years. Let me tell you, I I, want to go up to those guys and say, listen, bro, I love you, but you've lost sight of the pearl. We tell stories of incredible testimonies. Unfortunately, I also have some stories of incredible disappointments. People that have lost sight of the pearl. The pearl should bring you to action. When you see the pearl, it should cause you to line up your life to make some changes. And if you can't do that, listen, you're in danger. Because the next step is for you to sell the pearl. There was a man I read about that had a collection of rare $20 bills on his desk. One day he went to his desk and discovered that one of them was missing. He went up to his beautiful wife and said, honey, uh, You know that rare collection of bills that I have? There seems to be one missing. Do you know what happened? She said, oh, yes, sorry. Uh, I needed some dog food. So I took a 20 and I went down to the store and I bought some. And he explained to her, he said, that wasn't just a normal $20 bill. That bill was worth $35,000. And you traded it in for dog food. Unbelievable. How many Christians trade in the pearl for one night? Trade in the pearl for a moment of pleasure, for some temptation, a cheap temptation. Let's look finally then at the price. The month before we left for New Zealand, It was just a whirlwind of a time. We're trying to pack up all these things and we're trying to leave and prepare for here and cut off our life there in Australia and start a new life here in New Zealand. 
there was one guy that, was, that I was working with. I prayed with him about two years earlier. He was coming to church, making some good decisions. It was some hard work, but we were seeing some good progress with him and different things. About a month before we left to New Zealand, he backslid hard. Backslid hard. It was heartbreaking. He'd made a dumb decision. And he'd made a dumb decision, made it dumber by getting angry and different things. Uh, He eventually left the church. And it was just, he left this sour taste in my mouth. Just before we left Australia to come here. Last week on Thursday, I get a phone call and I see that it's an Australian number. And I thought, no one from Australia has my number, my New Zealand number. What the heck? I answer the phone and it's this guy. Hey, Chris, how you going? I'm like, he tells me his name. I'm like, are you serious? He goes, how'd you get my number? He goes, bro, I'm back. I'm back in church. Uh, your brother, he gave me your number and different things. And man, I'm back and I'm sorry and this and that. And when you come to Sydney next time, let's go out for a coffee. You know, this and that. And, and listen, it, there, was, there was a mixed feeling. Overjoyed. I was excited and different things. But in preparation for this sermon, uh, I didn't say this to him. But you know what I really wanted to say was, bro, are you willing to pay the price? Because last time you weren't willing to pay the price. You hung around, you did different things, that was cool. But now, are you willing to pay the price? I didn't say that. Maybe I'll say that to him <laughs> later. But let me give you, for us, the revelation is that it will cost you something. We call this the pearl of great price. In verse 46, it said that he sold all that he had and bought it. You are not going to obtain this thing unless you sell something. In our text, we find a man that finds something so rare and so precious that when the price was named, he doesn't try to beat the man down and listen, how about I give you a 20 for it? Uh, That would never work because this thing is precious. Instead, he said, you know what? Whatever it costs, however valuable, whatever I have to do, whatever I have to sell, whatever relationship I have to cut, Whatever I have to do, this is so valuable that I am going to do it and I'm giving myself to this. Let me tell you that you can't do everything and do the will of God. There are just some things that if you're going to do the will of God, there are some things that you're just not going to be able to do. In Matthew chapter 4, Verse 21 and 22, we see Jesus, he comes up to James and John. The first time these guys are fishing there with their dad, Zebedee. And uh, they're fishing and different things. They're at the boat, they're mending their nets. And Jesus comes straight up to them right there in the middle of their business. He says, you know what? Come, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Let's do it. And the Bible says that immediately, immediately they left their nets. Who knows? Who knows what plans they had? No doubt they had plans to go into the family business. That you know, They have a boat that's quite, quite a good business. They own their own boat. They're just not normal fishermen. 
And who knows, but they left everything because they said, you know what? This pearl is worth it. This pearl is worth it. We read in our Bible that there are people that weren't willing to pay the price. We read of the story of the rich young ruler came to Jesus, said, I've done all of these things. And Jesus says, that's great. I want you to do this last thing. He wasn't willing to do that. He never got the pearl. We read the story in Matthew chapter 22, verse 14, where Jesus says, many are called, but few are chosen. Why? Why are many called, but few chosen? I'll tell you why, because they're not willing to pay the price. Some people want to lower the price. Listen, I understand there's this great pearl, but is there any way that I can get it cheaper? Is there any way, I mean, uh, is it, I, I see you guys with your like commitment level and different things, but is there a way that I could do like a, a 60% commitment for a cheaper version of the pearl? No, there is none. Because the pearl is of great price. There is no easier version. Then there are others that want to sell the pearl. You understand that in this way, the merchant bought the pearl of someone. That means that somebody sold it to him. Somebody sold it to him. That means that the, the person that sold it at one point had this pearl in their possession. At one point knew the value of this pearl. But they said, you know what? It used to be of value to me, but now it's not. And something else is more valuable. I'm going to trade it in. Oh, this is the, the heartbreak of every backslider. The heartbreak of people that say, you know what? I once came here. God saved me at an altar, transformed me from the inside out. And I had this incredible pearl. And just like us, I'm out there telling people I found it. Until something else came along. And I'm looking at my pearl. I'm looking at this. And I traded it in. There's a story of Ronald Wayne. You'll never know his name except for in this story. There was a guy that you may know called Steve Jobs. Another guy that you may know called Steve Wozniak. Two Steves. They're famous for starting Apple. There was a third guy, Ronald Wayne. The three of these guys started Apple. They signed the contract. Ronald Wayne had 10% share of all the Apple shares. And a few weeks into this, they were working out of their garage. It's like, ah, uh, you know, this isn't really, it's like a small gig, you know, you're in a rented hall. This is dodgy. <laughs> you got red walls, you know, it's like, and he traded his 10% sharing, signed it away for $800. Today, his 10% share would be worth 4 Billion. No, sorry, sorry. I, I read that wrong. $100 billion. Apple last year was the first company to be worth $1 trillion. We can't even imagine that level of money. And here he is, incredibly valuable, sold it because it wasn't of value for him anymore. Let me finish then that there is great payoff for paying the price. There is great payoff for paying the price. We know in Matthew chapter 13, 
verse 44. Our sister chapter here, uh, just before these verses, these stories that Jesus talked about the pearl. Look just beforehand in your Bibles. He says in Matthew 13, 44, he says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field when a man, a man found it and hid. And for the joy over, he goes and sells all that he had and he buys the field. He sees the treasure, he finds it, and again, the same parable. He sells all that he has and he buys the field. Why? For joy. Because there is joy in gratitude that we are able to pay the price. This is the story of Mary, who she's there with Jesus and uh, he's eating at the table and she takes this alabaster box and she pours it over Jesus' head. And the other people around, they say, this is ridiculous. This is too expensive. And Jesus says, no, this is right. This is right. Because this is precious. She was grateful and she was gladly willing to pay the price. Let me tell you, there is a payoff when you pay the price. There is a payoff. I want to tell you that seeing lives transformed is a payoff to paying the price. That's why this thing here in the natural does not make sense. But when you see lives transformed, I want to tell you that right here in this room, this is more than any government program, more than any government handout. More than any uh, rehab, more than any of those things will ever do is what's happened here in this room. Seeing discipleship, seeing people submit themselves to Christ, grow up, make decisions together as a family, begin to raise kids, like raise them, not just keep them alive. Seeing lives and now lives that have been changed, used now to touch others. Seeing something built from nothing. What a miracle. Let me ask you, have you seen the pearl? Have you seen the pearl? Is salvation something that is precious to you? I'll tell you, if you see the pearl, you will realize it's worth it. Let's bow our heads here tonight. Let's pray.